Hello and welcome to another episode of Candid Talks with Bharat V. This is Bharat Vatsa, your host of the show. In previous episode, we were talking with Aparna Kumar, DIG ITBP, a 2002 batch IPS officer of Uttar Pradesh cadre. We learned how she got attracted to mountaineering a few years earlier when she was posted at Muradabad, commanding the 9th Battalion PAC, which guarded the Chinese border before ITBP came into being, and went on to conquer tallest peak Mount Vincent Massifor in Antarctica. Today, in our continued conversation with her, we will learn all about the physical and mental challenges that she faced during her mountain climbing and how she overcame them. We also will hear about the mistakes one typically makes during these climbings, the learnings you take away from those mistakes and the motivation that keeps her going undeterred. Before we begin, please do not forget to subscribe to this podcast channel and you can connect with me on my Facebook page at Candid Talks with Bharat V. So let's welcome DIG ITBP Aparna Kumar. So there was no uh, question in my mind that this person will not summit. Hmm. I thought, you know, for me it was that he's the first person who's going to summit uh, Everest. Uh, so uh, our journey was like this and, you know, from camp to camp, there are around four to five camps. Uh, we uh, crossed all these camps, reached the last, the final uh, summit camp at around, um, you know, um, one uh, 19th uh, evening. Uh, mm-hmm. in may uh, 2016 and even um, this person from us he also reached and you know in the night at around 9 10 o'clock uh, we left the camp for the summit right of everest i it, it was a very tough climb because the whole the whole night you climb <coughs> such steep uh, uh, rocks and you know glacier you cross over glacier and you don't even know what the heights or the depths are because it is all dark just have a headlamp on your uh, uh, forehead and then you're just walking looking at your uh, footsteps and just walking so it's only at around 4 30 a.m or 5 a.m in the morning when it it starts uh, you know when sunlight starts to dawn upon us that you see like how high you are and how you know, um, the gorges and everything. Then you are like uh, quite, uh, like I was like shocked. Okay. How high I am. I'm like, I, you know, if you just look down, it's like there's no, no end to it. Hmm. And one small mistake, you're just dead. Right. I, at that height, like, uh, like after 8,000 8, meters, like in uh, 27,000 feet, 28,000 feet, uh, there is no coming back. If you're hmm. hurt, there's no one who's going to rest back from that height right yeah so uh, and also uh, when i was climbing during the night i was getting very thirsty and uh, i ran out of water and one of my uh, another i had another thermos flask which had one liter of uh, warm water Mm -hmm. that got jammed and i could not open it oh so i had to leave that in uh, uh, when i had to summit there was just around 100 or 200 meters from the summit i had to keep it down itself because okay. my guide said you just put it here because it it adds to your uh, weight, weight and you'll be quicker and faster. Hmm. So then uh, we submitted at around uh, 9 a.m. in the morning and uh, no, I did not have water. And I'm like, I was really uh, exhausted. I mm-hmm. completely c- 
consumed all my energy to summit. I had okay. no energy left to come down. So yeah. at the summit, uh, I think my uh, guide was kind enough to give me his uh, portion of the water. I had some uh, gels and energy bars to eat. I had that. <coughs> you know, at the summit, you just have to do those uh, ceremonial stuff like take photos, videos, and hold the flags right. and prepare yourself to descend back. Mm -hmm. Even now, people ask me, "How did you feel at the top of the world?" I did not have any feelings. I just that there was this apprehension at the back of my mind: is how am I going to get down? You okay. know, how am I going to get down? Yeah. I don't even have the energy. How am I going to get down? It was like you know, if you look down, it would be like such a huge fall. It's yeah. like the, the steep traverses. It was really um, a, a different world altogether. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just that I uh, kept uh, myself focused and just counted, you know, till hundred. Every time I finished hundred again, I used to go back one, two, three, you know. And initially, the steps would be every two minutes I would keep another step. Then it became even more dragging, and you know, every three or four minutes I would keep the next step. Okay. And in broad light, you see the dead bodies and everything, you know. So even that uh, has a lot of um, effect on you psychologically somewhere. So you get okay, this is it. This is life. It doesn't matter if I die now. You know, sort of things that goes on in your mind when you're right. completely exhausted and uh, tired. So it quite becomes a bit uh, dark and depressing mm. when you're especially uh, getting down, seeing all these uh, dead bodies. You know, they they also had certain aspirations and aims and goals in life, right. and everything ended. So it becomes something of you need to get out of that dark phase and you know keep yourself focused and just put your one step ahead uh, and then you know get down. So getting down was uh, really tough and I got to my thermos that thermos flask which I had left due to, because it was already around 12 p.m. So there was it was quite hot. So uh, the ice and everything had melted. I could open it and uh, finally I could have some. You know, uh, lukewarm water, right. and then some energy, and then uh, got back to the camp, rested the night there just for three four hours because I was too exhausted, and then again uh, moved for the advanced base camp. Okay. It was only when I reached the advanced base camp I was completely tired. I had no energy left for anything. Just, just slept the whole night. Mm -hmm. In the morning, when later on, I think I woke up at around 8 a.m. or something, and then I realized that the magnitude of what I had done. Till then, I had nothing in my mind. My my mind, mind was really blank. Right. I just was focused on keeping myself alive right. and out of any injury. So that was the only thing that was on my mind. It was only after the completion of mm -hmm. everything that yes, I realized that okay, I've now finished come climbing uh, yeah. Everest. And, Wonderful experience and a wonderful learning uh, experience uh, for me from Everest. Yeah. After Everest, I did Everest. I again went in 2017 to climb another 8,000 meter peak called Manaswi. Mm -hmm. It is again around 8,160 meters, almost around 20,000, 27,000 feet. After climbing Everest, I found this uh, peak very, very uh, you know easy and enjoyable. Easy. Because I had already climbed the highest peak, and I yeah. was acclimatized. <laughs> and right. I want to tell you about this uh, 
climber from California who was very, very fast. Unfortunately, what happened when we reached the, I came to know after I returned back from my uh, summit. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I came to know that in the night he left to left for the summit. And after climbing around 200 to 300 meters, mm-hmm. he developed a high altitude cerebral edema. The oh. fluids uh, got, you know, a lot of fluids in his brain. He had frostbites in his fingers, in his stone. Mm. He, he had to be rescued. Oh. He had to be rescued and he couldn't summit. So that was a big, big uh, surprise and a shock for me because he was one of the strongest climbers. Right. Yeah, but the only mistake that he uh, did was he was very fast. He did not let his body acclimatize. Right. You know, when you're going, when you're climbing in higher altitudes, you need to be, you know, not very slow. You need to be gradual, focused and at a uh, rational pace. Correct. You're not competing with anyone. It's not a Absolutely. race. Yeah. You need to let your body acclimatize to the uh, atmosphere and the environment around you. Right. And also he was climbing without oxygen. So he needed uh, more acclimatization. Yeah. So, but uh, unfortunately, uh, that did not happen. So it, uh, it, it was again a, a big uh, um, uh, learning experience for me that you need not be the strongest. Right. You need not be the strongest. It's just yeah. that your way of looking at things, how focused you are, and how your body reacts to the environment, and right. how disciplined and hardworking you are, and how mentally tough you are, that uh, helps a lot. So right. that uh, really prepared me for uh, other mountains also. And after Everest, the biggest mountain was uh, in Alaska, that is Mount Denali. Denali. I had kept that mountain for the last after Everest because that's one of the toughest mountain and, and it is in the Arctic uh, region. It's okay. in Alaska, again, extremely very cold on a uh, cold glacier and, okay. you know, with a lot of crevasses, a lot of prone to avalanches also. Achha. So, um, I kept uh, that for the last. So, that's even uh, difficult, more difficult than uh, Mount Everest as well? Yes, yes, oh, okay. yes. Okay. Uh, not in terms of the altitude, mm-hmm. because Everest, you can't compare uh, both of them. Everest is difficult because of the altitude and because of, uh, you know, you don't know how the weather would be. If you're right. stuck in bad weather, then there is an accident, there is an avalanche, then you're dead. If you're stuck okay. in an earthquake, again, if you're injured, fatally injured, again, uh, there is no coming back. Right. So right. Th- there are different um, difficulties on Everest. On this mountain, again, it's in US, Alaska. I had to, and you, the amount of loads that you have to carry on Denali is huge. Like you have a backpack which is weighing almost 18 to 20 kilos, and you have to again pull a sled which is around 25 to, you know, almost 28 kilos. For me, because I'm a small person, so I would like keep everything light. I used right. to pack everything uh, that is very light. Mm-hmm. So it would be, even then it would be like 24, 25 or 26 kilos okay. sled and then uh, a backpack which is almost around 20 kilos mm-hmm. because you have all your food, your equipment, the tents, group gear, group equipments, you know, fuel for that and food, team food, everything you need, you need to share with your teammates. Okay. So, the like, huge loads and then, you know, crossing these glaciers, steep uh, sections and again, mm-hmm. lot of crevasses. 
so uh, it that was very very tough 2017 i could i was not able to climb uh, denali because i was stuck in bad weather for around 9 days and then we had to abort the climb and return back Okay. again i went in 2018 again i could not uh, climb the mountain was really merciless with me it did not even let me uh, you know go beyond uh, the third the third camp not even beyond 14000 feet first time i went in 2017 i climbed up to 17400 feet okay the last camp mm-hmm. the next year 2018 i couldn't even cross 14000 feet i was okay. like 11 days back to back i was stuck in uh, stormy bad weather Okay. It was like I couldn't even see how the mountain looks. Right. It was so bad. So again, I had to come back. It was only last year in 2019 that I went, and um, 2019 was a good year for me. 2019, uh, when I went in June, uh, uh, I I think um, the weather was really good, mm-hmm. and it takes around 20 to 22 days, 24 days to climb this mountain. and uh, in 2019 i just climbed this mountain in just 10 days because the weather was so clear bright and sunny god really was very uh, kind and merciful on me this time <laughs> the third time right. i was third time lucky and i had a great time on this uh, mountain because i had trained so much like i started even i i you know during my training initially i did not do i would not do i i was not used to going to a gym and lifting weights it was only mm-hmm. in 2017 that i started lifting weights going to the gym and doing the uh, weights and all those stuff all the, my training itself completely changed okay because i had to carry a lot of loads so i had to bulk up and you know right. all those things so right. i had trained for the last few years so it was easier for me in 2019 okay. 2019 i told you it's a good year In 2019 um, January I had I skied to the geographic south pole also. Acha. Yes, okay. yes. In January I skied to the uh, uh, geographic uh, south pole, and I didn't. I did not know how to ski before. Okay. I learned during my training for uh, Mount Denali. I learned how to ski. Very mm-hmm. basic uh, skiing. I'm not a pro or anything. I'm not an expert in skiing, but I know right. how to ski now. Okay. And and on to uh, it was a hundred and twelve kilometers to the geographic south pole. We had to uh, you know ski to the geographic south pole. Mm-hmm. And skiing in in you you walk on the skis like you just slide or walk on the skis. You are not skiing on uh, hills or anything because right. Antarctica is flat right. and uh, there are undulating surfaces. But then and again. on um, while uh, skiing to the geographic south pole you have lot of loads just a sled which is around 35 to 40 kilos my sled was around 35 to 36 kilos because like 40 kilos i don't think i would have been able to pull it <laughs> for 100 kilometers right. so um, had to pull the sled and it, it was a completely a unique experience it uh, you know it seemed as though i'm walking on the moon and uh, it was very incredible for me and i thought it was a very proud moment for me to reach the geographic south pole because great men like uh, explorers like amundsen robert scott in 1917 and 1920s they reached uh, for the first time uh, the geographic south pole the discovered ge- geographic south pole so okay. walking on their path it was um, uh, you know you you sit in the classrooms you study yeah. about geography you study about you know 
the glaciers and all that and experiencing all these uh, things even though very late in my life and mm. you know knowing about all the things um, uh, you know by uh, practically and experiencing it out there is a altogether different experience right amazing i mean so uh, every year basically you have been you know to these expeditions and so how did you manage to get the chuttis from your office i mean uh, was it difficult <laughs> that's the most important thing initially when i started in 2014 um to go on my expeditions none of the officers in uttar pradesh had ever done this right so i was the first one doing it mm-hmm. so the first time i when i applied for uh, leave and mm-hmm. to go out we have to take a no objection certificate so okay. that involves the intelligence uh, and the you know vigilance clearance that there should not be any inquiries against you and yeah. all those official you know file work yeah it took me not less than 6 to 7 months to get my files cleared wow you know so uh, it took a long time for me mm-hmm. to, you know people may think that okay being in the government service it becomes easier for them easier. to do stuff yeah really difficult to get leave yeah and if you are posted in a district or in a very important uh, place then you will not get the leave you will okay. not get uh, noc they will not give you permission to travel abroad yeah so all these things are there so unfortunately i was not in uh, a district posting i was in a battalion mm-hmm. so i pursued and i you know um, it was tough people were like what is she? i think she's something she's doing something crazy She mm-hmm. has not even climbed. She has small children. Instead of doing districts, she's a SP. Why is she doing all these crazy stuff? <laughs> you know, people don't understand. Yeah. And it was new. People don't understand because it is new to them. They're not used to these things. And I, especially, and on top of it, being a woman, they were even more skeptical about what I was up to. Right. My own senior, my own batchmates, they were like, "What are you doing? I do think you'll be able to climb." You know. Thing, things of that sort mm-hmm. so it's just that you need to believe in yourself and have faith so initially it was very difficult to get leave permissions and uh, the permission to travel abroad it used to take a long time once okay. i did kilimanjaro then i um, before going to kilimanjaro i had applied for castings 3 uh, months before kilimanjaro and you know i had uh, got my leave and permission and everything for my next expedition then only i left for uh, uh, kilimanjaro in okay. okay yeah so i used to plan 6 months uh, before 6 to 7 months before for everything uh, initially yeah, the first two three climbs i was back to back i had success mm-hmm. then it was not an issue uh, i used to just apply for leave and leave uh, see you have just 30 days uh, in your uh, leave account Correct. Only you have just thirty days, yeah. and the rest would be no pay leave. Yes. So most of the time I was on no pay leave. No pay leave. And my husband was kind enough to <laughs> give me money when I had no pay. <laughs> okay. So the, the support and um, the cooperation that I have got from my husband is mm-hmm. immense. From my family, from my mother, from my relatives, from well wishers has been immense. Without. Uh, that support, I don't think it's. You know, I 
single handedly i don't think i would have able to manage all this no definitely i mean uh, family support means a lot in this kind of a scenario because uh, uh, if if you don't have anybody by your side then uh, one person alone i mean kab tak wo karega even if you start but you need that kind of a support to sustain yes yes financially yeah. also and yeah. you know at home at work if you don't get the support initially there were people were very very skeptical till like mm-hmm. you know Uh, climbed Vincent Massif and Everest. It was tough, and I was on uh, most of the time. I had I would run out of uh, my uh, leave, and mm-hmm. I was only taking no pay leave. And um, it was only after Everest that I climbed Everest. It became a big thing. And after Everest, uh, when I came back, uh, uh, you know, the, the Uttar Pradesh government was very generous enough to con- the two months leave that I had taken no pay leave. Yeah. they considered it as official duty and uh, wow. i got the people those two months <laughs> awesome. and also regarding finances after climbing everest and vincent massif um, the uttar pradesh government has a, an award called the the highest civilian award called the yash bharti award okay. which carries a, a cash reward of 11 lakhs and okay. uh, there was one more award called the rani lakshmi bai award which had around 2 lakhs Okay. so i had like you know almost around 13 to 14, 14 lakhs to 14. Uh, that i got from these uh, awards. awards so that uh, cash i had to prepare for my uh, other expedition next one so okay. people are very very you know curious uh, to know about how i managed the um, finances, finances and uh, leave and everything so yeah. and also the everest expeditions and antarctica was uh, uh, sponsored by the uttar pradesh uh, government okay and uh, after that 2017 i came on central deputation to indo tibetan border police the mm-hmm. uh, geographic south pole was partly sponsored by the itb itbp okay that's amazing yeah. so ma'am i think you also were uh, <clears throat> you know conferred with the tenzing norgay national adventure award in 2018 and then i 19, 19 okay and yes, and last all- year i got it. acha okay and and uh, you also were uh, conferred with dgp commendation disc on republic day what is this uh, dgp commendation disc about because i have not heard this i am hearing this for the first time so can you help us uh, yeah. yeah the dgp commendation disc uh, for uh, police officers yeah and uh, if they are doing excellent uh, work in their field or outstanding work apart from their uh, work if they are excellent in excel in other uh, fields then right. the gp the director general of police yeah. uh, has the um, discretionary powers okay to uh, confer uh, officers with the dgp commendation it is a very uh, you know uh, uh, police officers and ips officers um, it's a very very uh, um, prestigious uh, award because you're getting it from the highest uh, ranked uh, police officer in the state awesome okay that was quite a lot of thing to digest actually so <laughs> ma'am koi aisa incidents jo yadgar ho aapke liye jo aap aksar yaad karte ho apart from this uh bad incidents which you talked about you know that uh, guy from california but aisa koi aur incidents ya koi 
ऐसा यादगार इंसिडेंट जो आप अक्सर याद करते हो Yes, um, see, like my first expedition was Kilimanjaro, and I met these two, two wonderful girls yeah. uh, who really uh, taught me friendship, kindness, and how to be, how to go out of your comfort zone, and you know, hmm. um, be helpful to people, uh, you know, to be a happy person. Right. Uh, you you may accomplish a lot of things in your life, but if you're not um, happy or if you are not uh, uh, grateful, mm-hmm. uh, then it, um, it, it you know all these achievements or accomplishments are are no meaning. And uh, so meeting these two wonderful girls who are my best friends, who are now my you know they're like sisters, and you know, we may be from different parts of the world. but um, we are like sisters and more of a family now mm-hmm. and also i had very tough experiences on uh, everest and um, denali okay. uh, like you know on everest once uh, there was an, in 2015 i uh, when the earthquake occurred i was climbing in the on the at around 21000 feet at the advanced base camp Mm-hmm. and didn't even realize that there was a earthquake uh, happening because i thought maybe i was uh, getting chakkar ya kuch ho raha hai uh-huh. maybe i'm feeling weak or something because the whole you know the whole uh, snow it was moving oh. the whole mountain was moving so i thought okay. mountain cannot move it must be something wrong with me yeah so then when people from the advanced base camp we were at, a, uh, at least uh, 200 300 meters like 100 150 meters high we were just climbing up and down you know you need to acclimatize so we were just yeah. in the afternoon around 12 pm we were just climbing around 11 11:30 11 am so from below when people started shouting that immediately get down get down we were like you know what we did we were doing somersaults and you know in the hurry to get down we fell and doing somersaults and coming down okay we were on the snow and initially i realized that my head must be spinning or maybe something is happening i am not well but it, it was that that the, there was a earthquake happening uh-huh. and uh, we didn't realize that there were rocks which were falling and that's okay. why people at the base they were shouting at us that immediately get down get down to a safer place okay so when uh, okay when then when we realized they wanted us to come down even then i did not realize it was a earthquake we were uh, two or three people i remember two other uh, boys along with me we were just uh, having a fun climb so we just immediately we rushed back and in our rush like you know we fell tore our pants and our jackets got torn and we were oh. uh, somersaulting mm-hmm. you know it was such a commotion then when we managed to come down then they told us the one of the guides he came and told us that there is an earthquake happening and it's quite very dangerous and we need to really uh, be quick pack everything and move from here okay because the now the mountains are because we were in a valley kind of thing and on both the sides there were uh, here, uh, you know sharp uh, peaks Right. which were with not even partly snow and partly rocks. rocks so the rocks became loose and they were falling down ah, so it was okay. really very very uh, it had become really dangerous dangerous that mm. was that experience was like i, I thought maybe, i thought i will not uh, come alive uh, out of this uh, mm-hmm. thing and also 
I uh, after the earthquake, I do not. Uh, we have satellite phones on the mountain, so we get to talk at least once in two days or three days. <laughs> But then because of the earthquake, um, we uh, could not even talk. So I was out of uh, communication from the family for more than around ten to twelve days. So my family also was under the impression something must have happened to her. Okay. My husband had informed the you know foreign uh, the embassy and uh, even at the central government because I'm an officer so right. you know a lot of uh, serious commotion that was happening also yeah. like the chief minister of Uttar Pradesh had called the central government to see to it that I'm evacuated or yeah. if uh, my dead body is found then yeah. you know so on, on these lines mm-hmm. so it was this had been really very serious in two thousand fifteen and. that was one experience where i thought that oh, yes mountaineering is very very dangerous any time anything can occur right. and uh, it's just that you need to live every day and not wait for uh, tomorrow you know that was when i learned that you need should not wait for tomorrow whatever it is you, you should realize that this is the last moment that it is enjoy the fullest and do the fullest and do your best right awesome Ma'am, I think we have already, you know, shot over the time. We are almost reaching towards the end. But I just have <clears throat> one more question to ask. You know, it's always said ki जब आप mountain climb करते हैं and if you if anybody meets any you know incident या अगर कोई accident होता है या if somebody dies there, uh, I do not know if this is true or false, but वट आई हर्ड इस ऐसे कहा गया है कहा जाता है कि डेड बॉडीज आर नॉट रिमूव फ्रॉम दोज माउंटेन्स दे आर कैप्ट देयर इट सेल्फ सो इज इट ट्रू यस ऑन बिगर माउंटेन्स लाइक एवरेस्ट और ऑल द एट थाउजेंड मीटर पीक्स देर आर डिफरेंट लेवल्स ऑफ कैम्प एंड डिफरेंट हाइट्स Hmm. If you are base camp and at intermediate base camp or advanced base camp at a height of twenty thousand or twenty one thousand, till I think twenty four thousand, twenty five thousand, you are able to rescue. But beyond uh, this, where it becomes very steep, right? Where it becomes very steep and it is vertical, then it becomes very tough. Okay. Okay. Then it becomes very tough. If you are seriously injured and you are not able to walk, or if you are, you know, if you have serious illness like uh, high altitude pulmonary edema or yeah. cerebral edema, and you are not able to walk or uh, anything, then I think it's you are left there. So basically, the if, even if a person is not dead, uh, that person is left there. I mean, there is no other option because they cannot be rescued. I don't think. See, personally i have never come across uh, any of my teammates uh, mm. been left out to die it mm. would break my heart definitely right. it would break my heart and um, i don't I, i don't want to be in such a situation but yes if i am in such a situation i would see to it that at least even if i can if i if i am strong enough to get back to the camp and uh, take rescue probably i would uh, try to do that right. because that is The most that one can do. Yeah. You yeah. can't be really human and heartless, you know. Absolutely. And absolutely. normally, these 
things don't happen unless it's a very very serious case and you know you need you're really being very very stubborn or foolhardy that someone is ill and then you're trying to climb and you know something of that sort no otherwise i don't think i still believe in the human goodness i don't yeah. think anyone will leave another teammate of his or her to die no absolutely but but my question was more towards the uh, situation you know the kind of steepness like you mentioned i mean it becomes uh, even if a rescue team goes there try to rescue they will not be able to you know they may not be able to rescue because of the height and the steepness of the yeah understand yes then it is like you know and even see even it, most of the time i also tell people that please train hard train more harder uh, uh, before climbing any mountain because you need to be very strong on the mountain absolutely yeah sherpas that you are especially in nepal you have sherpas hmm even they are tired they cannot help another person okay. they can just guide you they can just yes. show you the way they cannot pull you or carry you so you Absolutely. need to be very very realistic you need to be very very strong that's what yeah. i advise a lot of uh, climbers don't uh, you know uh, half train or you know not be prepared enough and just go for a big mountain be well prepared be strong right. don't be dependent on others till now see i have not had any issues because i have been strong enough to uh climb and take care of myself and come down even in spite of being exhausted to at least come down to mm-hmm. a safer place so and yes unfortunate if you fall sick and all that that's a different matter right. altogether because yeah. anyone can get ill or sick absolutely but i i have not had uh, such an experience because uh, uh no none of my teammates is just this uh, teammate who uh, uh see on everest you were all climbing at different times so when i went he was all he had already moved ahead or he was behind me or something so if you're climbing together if three or four climbers are climbing together i don't think uh, even if it is great adversity they would leave someone to die unless it is you know k2 or yeah near the summit of everest where it's impossible to rescue right 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 yeah but you need to be realistic absolutely <clears throat> ma'am uh you know you are an inspiration to lot many aspirants who aspire to join indian civil services or scale these uh, mountain peaks now that we have come towards the end of our show any words of wisdom for them oh uh, definitely um, i think see uh, initially when i started uh, i did not know anything about climbing or mountaineering i started uh, from scratch with no knowledge of all these things but i went in a gradual step by step way i i, I had no grand dreams of doing the seven summits or even climbing the everest mm-hmm. i just wanted to out of curiosity i went and did the basic course then the advanced course prepared myself trained myself then it was all a gradual uh, step by step process it was a big risk i was taking at that age you know with two small children and a family and a uh, career everything it was a risk i could have failed miserably but i uh, took the risk and started this journey uh, with one step at a time right. uh, grand plans or uh, anything but yes with uh, a lot of discipline hard work 
and the commitment towards what i was uh, doing and you know it's, it's become a fact to say that age is just a number you need yeah. to be very very realistic also you know yeah uh, you know it's not very easy like it's not john that one day you just wake up and then say okay i want to climb this mountain it does not happen that way yeah actually lot of things years of uh, training and years of uh, sweating it out lot of uh, difficulties obstacles then you are able to do certain things and at at my age you know any kind of physical activity uh, body needs a lot of time to recover also so Absolutely. you need to train and if you have a full time career and a uh, small children to look after then you mm-hmm. need to uh, you know organize yourself in such a systematic way so that you have time for training also you have time to recover also and you have time to you know going to office my kind of uh, pulling uh, job requires a lot of uh, time also so right. i do not have any time for other social activities or any other thing apart from all these things i'm i'm like i i am too busy with all these uh, things i don't have time so time management becomes very very important and yeah. yes um, one needs to dream and um, come out of your comfort zones and you know explore new things explore you, you we don't even know we don't even realize what we are capable of Absolutely. and yes it's ordinary people, but we can do such uh, extraordinary things because that's only because we come out of our comfort zones we are able to put in the time and energy and the hard work that is required the discipline and commitment with all this i think even if i am probably 60 years or 70 years i'm i would still be uh, climbing some peak definitely and thank you so much ma'am for joining us today taking out time and sharing all these experiences with us and reliving those moments with us and uh, it was great talking to you today and uh, all the very best to you for all your future you know uh, such expeditions and uh, thank you so much thank you very much mr bader and thank you so much for it was a pleasure indeed uh, talking to you and uh, here, you know we, we, this was long overdue and i am happy it happened finally yeah and, and i am really sorry i promised that it should not be more than 45 minutes but i think we have almost gone ahead and discussed for the length of one and a half hours i mean i just thank you so much thank ma'am you. thank you so much and take have a nice day care and thank you so that was dig aparna kumar indo tibetan border police she even suffered from pneumonia just before the mission but did not give up truly an iron lady who scaled these highest peaks by overcoming all the physical and mental endurances with her undeterred and invincible spirit lots of best wishes to her for all her future expeditions and big salute for making india proud thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the podcast show candid talks with bharat v If you like the show please do like subscribe and share with others if listening on apple podcast do not forget to rate five stars if on spotify or youtube do not forget to subscribe and share all the bikers can listen to this podcast on bikersclub.in iske sath hum aaj ka safar yahi samapt karte hain bahut jald mulakat hogi agle show par ek naye topic ke sath naye logon ke sath naye andaaz mein 
on Candid Talks with Bharat V. Stay home, stay safe. This is Bharat Vatsa signing off for today. Dua mein yaad rakhna. Jai Hind.